get it going. It's time for a happy hump day. It's a Wednesday edition of The Winkly, and I'm your managing editor, Nick Hausman. And I am joined here, as I am almost every Wednesday, by one of my goodest, bestest buddies in the whole world. It's Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly. Hump day. Woo-hoo. Hump day. Woo. Oh, I like that. I, I liked it so much I said it again. You know, you got in my head there for a moment. Uh, I'm really excited about today, uh, Justin, because we get to look back on what was the superstar shakeup, of course. We got a bunch of other news, but I have two of my favorite people in the whole world uh, for interviews today. And so after we talk the news, everyone's going to get to hear back-to-back interviews. The first one's going to be from David Arquette, and the second one is going to be from PCO. What a duo. What a duo. Those are two people you want to have dinner with at the same time. I actually did the PCO interview yesterday and it was so good. I called Raj and I was like, we got to move the schedule around here. We got to run this thing tomorrow because, you know, PCO was obviously, you know, part of the G1 Supercard. He was at the garden. Um, There was all that kerfuffle after the match uh, involving one Zoe and Kaz XL. Uh, And, uh, you know, PCO is a straight shooter. And you get to hear in his interview here later, like, exactly what was going through his head and the backstage reaction to that. And I don't think it disappoints, Justin. I think I think everybody's going to really enjoy what PCO has to say. Who would you take in a shoot fight between PCO and Enzo? Oh, PCO would murder Enzo. Maybe Cass. I know. Or- <laughs> I, I know. I just wanted, to, I just wanted to, to hear how definitive your answer would be. Oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to give away the, the farm here with my response to that, but... Uh, needless to say, the idea did go through PCO's head of, am I going to have to beat this person up? So anyway, anyway, that's very good. And David Arquette, also great. Huge joy. He'll be at Legends of Wrestling uh, this Saturday in Detroit uh, alongside the Nasty Boys, Flair, Bret Hart, all those other people. So we, we talk a bit about that, his match with Ken Anderson there. But I get to ask him about my favorite uh, David Arquette story as of late. And that's what what's what the hell was up with that creepy ass Ric Flair doll that he gave Ric Flair for his birthday? Did you see this thing? I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, highlights, di- very different kinds of interviews. I know you guys are gonna love it. Um, I can't. Keep- I can't remember if I said this last week on the podcast, but obviously I talked about having Macaulay Culkin sit behind me at WrestleMania, and then I went to the bar at one point and right there with david arquette which i i just you know i just seen david not long ago because i'm managing his, his his niece katie arquette in iwc and i was like right. this is like the hollywood of hollywood here macaulay calkin david arquette this is this is wrestlemania oh man the, ho- the hollywood of hollywood top level <laughs> no no offense to macaulay or, or david arquette i think i think arquette right now I, he might be a little bit more popular than macaulay macaulay hasn't done anything in a few years well, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, the last thing Macaulay Culkin, last thing I saw Macaulay Culkin in was the uh, was Max Landis's big "This Is Wrestling" thing. Uh, the big, the big, like where he's explaining wrestling that came out a couple of years ago. That was really clever. And Macaulay Culkin had a cameo. Yeah. Well, he's been uh, he's been going across country with whatever his pizza party, uh, the the pizza, the under they're like the Underground Pizza Express or something like that. It's all. Uh, uh, it's all, I don't know, pizza songs. So anyway, uh, well, what a wonderful way to start the show. Talking about David Arquette, Macaulay Culkin, and PCO. Uh, let's get to it. I got some more shilling. I'll keep it to the end of the show. Lots of news to get here to today. Last night was SmackDown, of course. Uh, it was the second part of the Superstar Shakeup, And the big addition to SmackDown here, Roman Reigns. Now, Vince McMahon came out. He had this big talent acquisition that he was going to announce, or just big acquisition he was going to make for SmackDown. He teased it was going to be Elias. Elias came out. They had a little moment there. 
And then Roman Reigns came out and, and laid both of them out and was announced as the, the latest acquisition of SmackDown. How'd you think this came across, Justin? It was okay. I, I give them credit for, um, you know, as they were touting all day that there was this big acquisition that Vince was going to reveal. I mean, there was two likely candidates that were in my head. And I think those are probably in a lot of people's heads, which is one is Roman Reigns, especially when you see AJ Styles and move to Raw. You're like, okay, they really need to give a main eventer to SmackDown. Uh, one was Roman Reigns, and the other one was, you know, do they have SmackDown be where Brock Lesnar shows up whenever he does show up? Sure. Um, so, and my worry was that, if it, that obviously Roman's a more probable answer, and that if it was Roman, that Vince introducing this big acquisition as Roman, it was going to not do any favors to Roman in terms of the crowd. You know, you're trying to. You're trying to stick with the good, the feel-good Roman's return, and he's gotten overall a better response, you know, overall since he's returned from from the cancer. Um, so I was glad that they, I was glad that they did not have Roman as Vince's intention of acquisition, but rather that he that there was Elias. I'm I'm glad they did that because at least it, you know, it it it, it wasn't gonna you know be that oh you're shoving Roman down our throats kind of thing, you know, and obviously you know Roman punching and and, and bumping Vince. You know, Vince, you know, people always pop for whenever anybody does anything to Vince. So, I mean, all the decisions they made were were, were good ones. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if it, I don't know if last night if it was like, you know, I don't know if I got as good of a response as they won. I guess time will tell. We'll have to see how they book Roman Reigns. But I thought they made the right decisions. It's a, It just was a little weird to me that they would move Roman to SmackDown because SmackDown has traditionally always been their like, quote unquote, work rate show. And no knock on Roman Reigns, but he wrestles uh, a more traditional, I would say even older school style. I wonder how he will affect SmackDown being the top guy on that brand. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I mean, I, I think ah. he can, he can work, he can work. At, you know, he, the guy can work. So I, I mean, I don't really think there's a, I don't really think there's going to be any problem with him fitting guess, in in that respect. Well, but you look at the guy who was the the marquee guy on SmackDown for the better part of the last year, and that was AJ Styles. And like, you know, again, it's not like a knock on Roman because I agree his matches are really entertaining, but very different styles those guys work. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, different styles, but I think it'll be just fine. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of uh, workers, uh, Finn Balor, the IC title, they've also been drafted to SmackDown. Finn Balor uh, made his debut. Uh, successful bout against Ali. A great moment of respect between the two at the very end. Uh, I thought this came across well. For me, though, I think what's interesting here is, as of this morning, Samoa Joe is still listed as a SmackDown superstar. He's the United States champion. Uh, I guess he was sick, according to the Observer, and couldn't be at Raw, where they had something planned for him. But as of this moment, Justin, right now you've got the IC and U.S. title on the same brand. Do you think that sticks going forward? No. I mean, they either will officially move Joe whenever he's back on the road healthy, uh, or they'll take the title off of him and give it to somebody who is on Raw. So, yeah, I don't see them keeping that, – that's, that's been one thing all through, all, the, through all of it that they've always been consistent with is that as, for as long as they have two mid-card titles, they've always made sure that they keep them on separate shows. Um, and so I don't see that they'll deviate away from that. Man, you know, I would love to, you know, I would love to see these titles get unified. I'm not going to lie. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's so many titles right now. And, you know, I, I see the, I would see the benefit of unifying those. You know, you still have the Cruiserweight title. I think you could elevate that to Raw, which is supposed to be the show that showcases the Cruiserweights anyway. And, and do away with one of these belts right now. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um Obviously, there was great stock in the women's world titles because it was they were both on the line, and that obviously was the main event of WrestleMania. There was great stock in the WWE Championship with Daniel Bryan and Kofi capturing it with a great feel-good story there. And there was a stock, obviously, just in the fact that Brock's had it for so long, for so many months, or so many months over the last couple of years. 
Um, you know, he's been he's had such a, a lengthy set of runs. You know, so there was stock in, in it getting it off of him to Seth. But beyond that, I mean, beyond the beyond the world titles, I, I don't know if the if the rest of the titles have ever meant less than they do now in terms of like, I, I like I literally had a moment just before you said Samoa Joe and you said how Finn in the IC or on SmackDown, I literally had a quick brain freeze to myself of who the hell is the U.S. champion right now? I told it like it's just it is so, and, and I can only I can only attribute it to the fact that there's just again it's the whole there's so much programming and just like what's it matter what do they mean. But even even with Seth, like I totally forgot on Monday Night Raw that like for a point that like Seth was your Universal Champion, I don't, it's it just they have just never meant less in terms of being a title holder. Yeah, and that's why you know the women's division right now. There's you know realistically one women's singles champion since Becky has both the titles. You have one set of women's tag titles that go across all three brands, right? And so right now with the women's division, you only have three women's champions as it stands right now. You know, again, I think a case could be made for elevating that cruiserweight title to Raw. You got Finn and Joe here. I mean, you couldn't ask for better uh, competitors to unify these titles. And hell, yeah, like you said, top of the card, they teased a unification match between Kofi and Seth, and people were upset when it didn't happen. So, I mean, yeah. we're walking the line right now so close to doing it anyway. I, For me personally, I don't know if it is a foregone conclusion that we see Joe, uh, you know, flip rosters or the, the U.S. belt flips places you know the way they're treating everything right now i'm not completely counted out of the question they don't do some kind of unification or tease a unification between these belts well the issue is there's never been a more difficult time probably than to unify then now because of the fact that in six months you're going to have your two main shows on two separate networks two separate families uh, of, of networks here Again, you know, if, if Fox is not going to want to see that the show on USA has a champion, and that yeah. in the show, and their programming doesn't, and vice versa, right. especially, and I, so I just spoke from Fox's viewpoint, especially when as we continue to hear that, you know, Fox is Mike is going to view this and treat this a little bit more sports. They're going to have a talk show, and they're, you know, and and, and, and what they want to try to have it come in line with the rest of the programming. Whereas obviously, at least USA is obviously a more character-based, you know, scripted platform of, of programming so like i mean so yeah, I mean, this is a tough time for WWE to, to entertain unifying because again you you can't have one show without another you know what one show is not going to have, not have a champion not have yeah. a title holder yeah and, and i agree and you know i think that each brand should have a champion i think each brand should have like a definitive feel to them but when you have too many belts out there and like you say you start to forget who's holding what it you know deludes that type top title which is supposed to mean a whole lot right yeah and we, and we, and we haven't even mentioned you know, an NXT champion, a UK champion. Right. Like, I mean, we haven't even, we didn't even branch to that far. Well, I That's mean, like but, when you get in. yeah, but even with the UK and stuff, it's like they don't have multiple belts. Like Pete Dunne's title felt meaningful. Walter's defeat of Pete Dunne, in my opinion, was like one of the biggest moments of the weekend just for, for the historical value of it. So I, I'm just, I've always been this way. I'm always kind of like a one belt Maybe tag belts, you know, I guess if you can do it right, you can have a mid-card belt. But that's about it for me. You know, there's too many right now on the on the main roster, and I think a case could be made to start, you know, thinning out, especially merging the, the IC and U.S. title, where you'd have the chance right now. They're both on the technically on the same brand. So. Don't say belt, damn it. Sorry. Sorry, Vince. Apologize. Pop events. Um, let's, uh, let's move along down the list here of other um, fallout from the Superstar Shakeup. Page has debuted as the manager for a new tag team of Asuka and Kari Sane, which is a little odd. They wouldn't do Kari and Io Shirai, but whatever. Uh, the duo picked up a win 
for their team in an eight-women tag match alongside Bailey and Ember Moon. Bailey, for that matter, has now been moved to SmackDown. She is now a singles competitor. Ember Moon also now on SmackDown. Uh, and on this note, while we're talking about all of these women, I will say Bailey, according to the Observer, Bailey and Sasha uh, apparently were also told, on top of the fact they were going to lose the titles at WrestleMania, they were told they were going to be split up with Bailey going to SmackDown and Sasha going to Raw. Of course, we can see Bailey is now on SmackDown. So a lot to digest there with the the women shuffling here over on SmackDown. What'd you think? Uh, I'll start with what'd you think of the decision to to pair Oscar up in a tag team and give them a page as a manager? Well, I, I, I'm okay with it on the sense of that of you know if they're trying to put stock into women's tag teams and then really build a division, you know, Oscar's um, doesn't appear like she's going to be anywhere in the singles hunt at the moment. She's kind of fallen off on that. So you know, it's, it, at least it's a, a, a way to keep her relevant and use her. Um, you know, you know, I, giving them a manager on the on the one hand looks logical because it's like you know, you can maybe make a uh, you can make a case that you know all right how well does oscar how well is she gonna communicate you know, like like you know do they does she need a mouthpiece you know so you know Paige can obviously talk and the problem is it's it's, it's weird having it's weird it's always weird having a manager for 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 baby faces in a lot of ways now granted Paige can obviously again she can communicate some for them but like i don't know you know a manager just, just having a good just having a baby face manager is just weird just because you know they, they're not going to do anything they're not, they're not going to do they're not going to be what a manager could be which is that extra that extra, you know, heel out there, you know, cause a problem. So right. I don't know how long this will last. I don't know how how much traction it's really going to get. I mean, I'm glad they're at least trying to find something for Paige because again, when the McMahons came back at the end of or the was at the end of December, December and said they're taking over the shows again, and you know, they basically just got rid of all the the uh, figurehead authority figures. Obviously, that 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 hurt Paige, who you know that was a, a role for her since she can't wrestle anymore. So. I mean, it's good that they're finding a role for, her, but I don't really know how long this is going to stick and how much traction it's really going to have. Yeah, that'll time will tell. I'm I'm with you. This is this is a weird mishmash for me. I, uh, my thought was also that these are both baby faces that don't need a manager. Oscar uh, still on my you know for my money stands alone as a single star, and I'm a little surprised to see her get lumped into a tag division uh, into the tag division. Um, with that said. I really liked the work Oscar and Kari did together. I thought they were a good team. They were moving well as a team. Uh, I, I thought they brought some unique and innovative offense to an otherwise pretty, uh, I hate to say generic, but you know, general uh, tag style that's been going on in the women's division right now. So I, I, I didn't dislike their actual work as a tag team. I do think it's a little distracting having Paige there, uh, especially when I think you know Oscar and, and Kari, the way they're so expressive, they're so brightly colored. I, I don't. I think they could resonate on their own without Paige. So uh, a lot of the same of what you said. More for me is just kind of. I hate to say I thought they were giving up on the Aussie experiment a little bit, but the fact that they would move her into the tag division um, is a little weird to me. Uh, especially with well, the, well, yeah. and, well, well, and crazy that they break up a tag team that makes sense and Sasha and Bailey to have, have history. They break them up only to pair together. <laughs> You know, another random. I don't know. It is odd. They break it's, one team up to put another one together. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about the breakup here. So Bailey apparently very upset here that, uh, according to the Observer, that they were going to be split up. Uh, she looks like kind of unhappy on TV. Am I? Are you noticing this too? Like she's never smiling anymore. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really pay it that close of attention. I guess now I'll go back and, and look myself. But uh, wouldn't yeah. be shocked. I mean, based upon what we're hearing, <laughs> when they're doing all the hand raise at the end with Paige and then Oscar Kari and Ember's like Ember's just happy to be there. Bailey just I don't know just doesn't look happy to me. It's very weird to me. And 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 she's a great singles competitor. She'll be great in that division. Um, but yeah, it's like why, why break her up with Sasha and then put Oscar in a tag team? Just screwy. This whole thing, just for this whole, this whole superstar shakeup this time, felt a little slapdash together to me. Did you also get that vibe? Uh, yeah, I mean, which is surprising since they since they made it public like more than a month ago, and you figure that with all the changes internally going on, that they're like, okay, this is our chance to kind of like get things where we want to. But yeah, it does feel like kind of like darts are being tossed against the wall. Yeah, because Lars last night, I could have sworn on Raw or not last night, two nights ago, I could swore on Raw when he came out. They said he was going to be on Raw, but the the report I read this morning now is that Lars is officially going to be on SmackDown. And that feels like a game time decision to me here, uh, though I did like the the package they did for Lars on SmackDown last night. Well, um, I, that is confusing to me because I thought I, I had the same thoughts you did. Uh, but I will say <laughs> right. the fact that they did not move Braun, it, it would be weird to have Braun and Lars on the same show, considering sure. Lars doing the same booking that Braun primarily does. Sure. So uh, and and the you know a Lars versus Braun match is something I could see money in down the line. You like you let, but you got to keep them on separate paths for a long time until they collide. Yeah. So it does make sense for the fact that we got through SmackDown and didn't see Braun moved over to SmackDown. If he's staying on Mondays, it does make sense to say, okay, Lars Sugar stay Tuesdays. Uh, and uh, also making the move uh, from 205 Live to SmackDown. Set, uh, uh, Raw got Cedric Alexander. SmackDown is going to be getting Buddy Murphy. Uh, much like the Mustafa Ali experiment, experiment, I'm really excited to see Buddy Murphy in the mix here on SmackDown. I think that uh, I think he's going to bring a real element to this roster. I think he's going to be the. I think he'll be one of the workhorses like Ali here over the next year or so on the Blue Brand. Oh, he definitely has the potential to. Well, let's let's see how let's see what kind of commitment and investment they actually put on him and on, on the show. Um, uh, heavy Machinery officially drafted to SmackDown, helping to fill out uh, their tag team division. And uh, we had a whole smorgasbord here of other talent that was moved in a late-night move last night on Twitter. Liv Morgan, Chad Gable, Apollo Crews, Apollo Crews, and Mickey James all on SmackDown now. Of course, with Liv Mo- Morgan moving, that breaks up the Riot Squad. And with Chad Gable moving, that breaks up the team of Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. Um, less, less upset about Gable because I think him and Roode had run their course. A little surprised by Liv Morgan, though, that they would bust up the Riot Squad. I thought there was a chance they could get a second life over there on Raw and maybe make a real impact here, especially with Ronda gone. Yeah, I agree. The breaking of the Riot Squad didn't really make sense. I mean, I mean, obviously, Ruby Riot is the star in that trio. Um, you know, she's going to be the one that I, you know, that I, that I think is going to do the most. Uh, but it is odd, you know, because now Liv Morgan, again, again, it's like <clears throat> you're, 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 you're trying to, I don't know, I did this move weird. You know, both men and women, they're trying to build divisions. They're trying to build tag, trying to build, and then so they break up teams. Again, I'm not, I'm, like you said, I'm not that unhappy that they're breaking up Gable and and, and Rude, because um, I never really liked the pair in the first place. Uh, but like even Cruz, like, you know, Cruz was com- was commonly with Titus O'Neil. So like, we break, I don't know, it's just a lot of decisions. And I know it's probably just, you know, just to try to give things a fresh perspective and try to see what happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is odd in, in ways when they decide to, to, to break these pairs up. Uh, not, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see uh, which what sticks and what doesn't. Yeah, you know what? Let's make Oscar a tag star, and we'll move Liv Morgan into the singles division. I mean, no offense to Liv Morgan, but the more I look at this right now, it's just screwy to me. I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, Apollo Crews, I'm sure will be great. Mickey James, I'm sure will be great. Um, let's get to, uh, let's get to some weird, uh, ins and ins and outs, comings and goings in WWE now. Uh, Luke Harper requested our post that he has officially requested his WWE release yesterday on Twitter. I'll read you guys the full note here. Luke writes, as of this evening, I have requested a release from WWE. 
The past six years have been simply an amazing journey around the world and back with lifelong friends and family. I'm proud of it all and proud to say I shared the ring with my coworkers. This decision, as difficult as it was, feels right for myself and WWE. The goal is the goal in the future is to continue to grow as a performer and person and continue to make my family proud. Thank you from the top to the bottom of WWE. Thank you to the fans for your undying support, and thank you to everyone. Now, uh, Harper's been with WWE for six years. The Wrestling Observer is reporting Harper's contract is up in November, and while theoretically WWE could freeze his contract for six months beyond that November date, um, basically, uh, to, to explain that a little bit easier, since Harper's basically giving his notice six months out um, with the intent of, it sounds like, not working, um, you can take that six months that he's not working there that lead up to his November release and roll that over into the next year, which would keep him out until, uh, I guess, April, May of, of 2020. Uh, but that doesn't sound like it's, it's likely to happen. It sounds like they're just going to let this guy go or let him run up his contract in November. Uh, very uh, unfortunate. I'll take bigger picture here, Justin. What's it say right now about the WWE locker room that these stories have just been so common recently, especially with guys of the caliber of Luke Harper? Uh, well, it, it's just it's just them vocalizing what you know. It's not like it's not like these feelings have just cropped up and become new. It's just them now they all feel a little more comfortable just to vocalize this, um, and probably because they feel they look around and say, okay, the business is just healthier. Like I can leave WWE. And, you know, even though AEW is not officially launched, but they feel probably pretty good about the opportunities there. You know, they look at how, you know, people, you know, ROH and New Japan, you know, they just look at, you know, that, that there's just the business is healthier in terms of a, from a money standpoint. So they are not, you know, WWE's lost the leverage in terms of to some of these guys feeling like, you know, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to speak up and either I'm going to get out of here and go elsewhere or I'm going to force WWE's hand and force them to use me. Um, you know, Harper is a tremendous talent. I had, I had a great privilege to work with him. Um, before he got to WWE, when he was Brody Lee, he's a he's a he's a he's, he's a guy for his size who can wrestle both as a big man, but he can also he, he can wrestle like a lucha style. I mean, the guy the guy's a, a phenomenal athlete, and um and we saw shades of that. You know, we saw some great matches with Dolph Ziggler. We saw you know they had you know the Wyatt family, and I think it was uh, the Shield. You know, we've seen Harper really have some shiny moments. It was just never really capitalized on past a brief IC title run. Um, the biggest thing with Harper, you know, he's got great facial expressions, great look. You know, the biggest thing, as you talk about off the top here about the timetable stuff, is I mean, the guy's going to be 40 and at the end of this year, I believe. So, you know, obviously time, you know, I, time, you know, obviously, you know, we don't, time is not to be wasted in terms of you know, give the most out of your body and out of your time of still wanting to travel the road and and, and live the life of a pro wrestler. So, you know, I, I have no doubt though whether they release him here shortly or whether they make it wait till November. Uh, I have no doubt that when he is officially a free agent, he will probably be the one of the most sought out. Of all the people that we're hearing about, you know, unhappy in WWE and, mm -hmm. and, put, and asking for release or then giving the release or whatever. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think, he, I mean, I think Harper's right up there with, with Ambrose in terms of if Ambrose has actually gone in terms of like Harper will have probably everybody from New Japan all the way to AEW probably willing to take this guy on because he's so good because he's got size, because he's been overlooked, and and frankly, he's well liked. You know, and most most of his peers like the guy. So 
um, you know, hopefully he gets out when he, as soon as he possible so he can capitalize and make the most of his time. Yeah, I agree. And, it, you know, you, you look forward to October, it sounds like, is when the AEW TV show would kick off there. Whether it's October, whether he gets to come in November, even a little later in the year, he's one of those acquisitions out of the gate, I agree with you, that would get people buzzing and would be wonderful to have in that mix there. Uh, I got I to gotta go back to what you just said, though, as well, where, you know, again, we're, we're two weeks past Dean Ambrose's farewell on Raw here. And you're still saying if he's actually gone from WWE, you know, I know we've talked a lot about this and gone back and forth. How, how do you, uh, how are you feeling? You think old Dino's done? He keeps showing up. He keeps saying goodbye. I still, I mean, I still think he's done. I don't know. That, 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 that's, where, that's where I'm at right now. I think he's done. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a great, it's a great game though, right? It's a great game. Kudos to him for, uh, for, for, for having such, for, for being able to work all of us, uh, with such, with such questions. It's I, great. Uh, I mean, can, I mean, realistically, Justin, for a guy that let's say hypothetically is leaving the company, have you ever seen them give such a warm send off to somebody who's leaving? Well, it's not like I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, no, they're not, they're not having them job out every week, but it's not like they're, I mean, they're not featured. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're giving them, a, yeah, they're giving them a network thing on Sunday to, to just, I mean, I think, I think what it is, I think the Shield's such a valuable commodity. I think they're just trying to get whatever, whatever last marketing dollars they can get out of, out of, out of the Shield because they know that, like, you know, once Dean, if, if Dean's gone, once he's gone, you can't do any more Shield reunion. So you know, you're not going to just all of a sudden put a new guy in and say, oh, it's, you know, this, this is this is Dean's replacement. You know, so I think they're just trying to get all they can get out of the merchandise and the marketing while they can. But again, I say this, I give great credit to Dean Ambrose because this, I mean, this is, I mean, this is, this has had all of us just, just asking questions nonstop. And really Dean's one of the only guys that can pull this off for the fact that he doesn't do social media for the fact that he is such a, you know, such a mystery in life anyways. Um, it, it helps keep this alive. Whereas most guys and, you know, talents, you know, I don't know. It's a bit, they'd be easier, I guess, maybe to figure out, but this is this is just, this has been a great game to kick off twenty nine. This is the first quarter of twenty nineteen. What are you talking about? They can't replace him in the Shield. You know, Kevin Owens is the new Big E in the New Day. I, yeah, I know, and I know, I know. Kurt Angle was a member of the Shield one night. I saw that. I know. I think Triple H was a member of the Shield one night. But I mean, you know, you know what I mean. They're not gonna. Yeah, once Dean's gone, the Shield's done for until, you know, for for the time being. So side tangent here, real fast. Uh, I saw Dave Lagreca comment. Uh, for our good buddy from Dave Lagreca from Busted Open Radio, how he didn't like the way Kofi, or he doesn't like the way Kofi Kingston's WWE championship run has started off. And like last night he was like kind of played out to be a bit of a joke. Uh, I hadn't really thought too hard about it, but I mean, it doesn't seem like they're, they're booking Kofi as a very strong WWE champion right now. And I wonder if that is not a little bit of uh, some tea leaves there about how long he's going to be able to hold this title. Maybe. I mean, you know, it's also been, you know, again, there's the, the, the one episode, you know, the week, the days right after WrestleMania is just kind of a celebration, right? And then this week with the shakeup, I mean, so, you know, I mean, they got, a, they got a long time, relatively speaking, by their standards, they have a long time to build to money in the bank. So let me see, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's establish and see what, what who was first, you know, contender is, and, and I'll judge off of that booking. Yeah. Uh, well, another name, apparently, uh, I don't know if they're unhappy, but they definitely said goodbye, and that's Alexander Wolf, who bid goodbye to WWE in a social media post. Uh, I'll real quickly breeze through this. He said, We Sanity made our TV debut in October 2016 for NXT. We had a great time in NXT, accomplished a lot. He lists all the uh, accomplishments and accolades they had. Whole group is like family to me. I made three good friends over the last three years. I'm grateful for that. Thank you for everything. Thank you to the whole SmackDown locker room. Thank you for the laughs and wisdom and good vibes. 
I appreciate you all. Thank you to the fans. I appreciate you uh, well, and uh, I trust me when I speak for all of us when I say that. It's time to leave this behind and walk a different path. R.I.P. Sanity. Goodbye. Hashtag WWE. Now, Pro Wrestling Sheet reached out to WWE about as soon as this was posted, uh, and they heard back that Alexander Wolf is still under WWE contract. Um, while there are now reports or rumors that uh, I guess Satin's heard that Wolf could be moved back to NXT. Uh, the dissolution of Sanity. Killian Dane, of course, posted something similar yesterday. Eric Young is now off to Raw. How did this get bungled so bad? Justin, these guys were hot coming out of NXT. I feel like they got three TV appearances on SmackDown and we're done. Yeah, I don't know. They had a they had a unique entrance. They were, you know, especially with the, especially with the fact that the Wyatt family hasn't been a thing for a couple of years. I mean, they, you know, they 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 were fresh in that sense. In terms of there was nothing else. I mean, you know, we, there's all the trios obviously in the show. You know, there's the Shield, there's the Wyatt Squad, there's other trios, but they truly were kind of unique characters i don't know i don't understand i mean you know if, if he's going back to nxt i don't i guess i don't hate that if you know like we've talked about i i want to see more people be able to go to nxt if there's nothing for them on raw or smackdown uh, and not to be viewed as a demotion but just viewed as just here's the best use of them um but but why but why again why break sanity up when they really never even got a, a full shot i don't know i can only assume because obviously all the momentum stopped as soon as they left nxt i can only assume that there was something about them that just didn't click with Vince since he's the ultimate decision maker for all SmackDown. I mean, because obviously if Vince liked them, they would they would they would have gotten a shot or they would be getting a shot. Now. I mean, I don't know. So it's I uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe I mean, but the bad thing is you know we have access to Triple H. You know we can we can you know we can ask Triple H on the next conference call. Hey, you know one of your projects was Sanity. They were a huge success at NXT. What happened? Come Raw SmackDown, but he's not going to give an you know he's not going to give us anything. He's just going to simply kind of give a vague answer of of you know. Of, of, of you know he's not the final decision maker you know, he's, he's not going to give any concrete answer which sucks unfortunately by the way so yeah it does uh yeah it's just unfortunate and i hope that the path for it from nxt to the main roster you know we're in the new to, we're in the start of the new calendar year for wwe the cards have just settled on where everybody's going to be calling home for the next year uh this is a chance to try to do right by a lot of these nxt talent obviously the ec3 experiment is not going great over on raw but uh, there are other talents here that I hope can make the transition a little bit better. Um, also, last night on SmackDown, it wasn't shown on TV. There was a weird dark match that happened afterwards. I just wanted to address real quickly. Roman Reigns took on Randy Orton. Uh, the report said here that there was an odd finish where, I guess, after a back and forth, Orton did the draping DDT. Reigns hit the Superman punch. Orton just rolled out of the ring and left. And then the music hit, and Reigns posed. So no finish. I'm going to guess it sounds like a count-out finish here, a win for Reigns. Very weird. Very, very weird. You got any take on that? You think you, you have any idea what's going on here? No, that is weird, especially because it's, like, I could almost, I could almost um, understand it more if it was on TV. Like, okay, they just they wanted to protect both guys, so not nobody took a fall, and they just, you know, but like, I, I don't know. But for the fact that it's dark, where it really doesn't matter, and you, and, and you know, it's just just it's just there for the live crowd's entertainment. Um, that that's really weird. Yeah, very odd. I don't know. I'll try to find video of it. Uh, Kathy Kelly uh, was back at it with her latest WWE Now viral video on the uh, social medias, and in uh, her latest one, she revealed that AOP authors of Pain's Occam rumored to be returning from leg injury soon. She even speculated that the tag team could be moved from Raw to SmackDown when they come back. Uh, would be a good addition to the SmackDown tag team division. It would be a good addition to either. 
But right now with the Usos gone, I know Heavy Machinery's over there. You got the New Day, but Big E's out. Uh, I think, you know, a fresh tag team like AOP in the mix over at SmackDown would do a lot for that division at the moment. Uh, in theory, on paper, yes. But then there was, you know, there was little, there was very little momentum for them in the first place on the main roster. So I'm not sure. Yeah, ditto. Uh, we shall see. Wait and see. All right, last thing here. TVA Sports in Canada spoke with Sami Zayn. Uh, during the interview, uh, he revealed that he signed a new three-year contract just before his most recent surgery about nine months ago. So he's got about two and a half years left on his current WWE contract. And he said that while he was out, he, he had some time to develop his new character and to boil it down the way he's describing his new character as a critic of the most passionate wrestling fans. Now, that's that's a great observation and all here, but, you know, we were talking all the AEW stuff. You got it. I don't know. What do you think? Buyer's remorse here that he got hooked into this contract before all the AEW stuff started flaring up nine, nine months ago? Um, maybe. I mean, that's hard to, I mean, maybe, but, you know, but there's probably other things we have to take into consideration with him. Um, you, you know, I mean, he's, he's good friends with Kevin Owens and Owens is there for the long term, it seems. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, maybe not buyer's remorse if he feels that, hey, like they're, you know, that he's actually going to have, you know, some, 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 some traction here. Uh, I, I, I the, the promo is entertaining so far. The, the, the irony, and I don't know if this is on purpose. The, the irony of him having this character and developing this character being the biggest critic of of the critical wrestling fans, which which I, which I often am screaming and, and bitching about those critical wrestling fans. So like I kind of get behind it in that regard. The, and the irony is, of course, that he is well, he, he would be classified as one of the guys that those those critical internet fans will call him usually like like oh he's Sami Zayn he's generico he's he's El Generico he's one of the you know I don't want to say like he's like one of their darlings so to speak so that's kind of the comedy of an irony of him being the one like you would think a guy who's going to have this gimmick would be like Baron Corbin a guy that those fans all truly do hate but uh you know these but but you know Sammy's a guy they all want to sing a song and they all want to see him work and he's such a great worker so it's again I don't know if the irony is on purpose or not but it's 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 funny to me at this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He's going to be facing Ken Anderson at Legends of Wrestling this Saturday, April 20th, the Fraser Hockeyland Arena in Detroit, Michigan. You'll also be able to see the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Brett the Hitman Hart, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Booker T, Rikishi. He is a legend of wrestling. It's David Arquette. David, <laughs> welcome back. No, thank you. You're too kind. Oh, come on now. Come on. I had to get it in. I was like reading through this and I was like, David is in some very good company here this weekend, you know? I am in really good company. The strange thing is I know Rick and Booker T from uh, my previous life and, and Brian Knobs, so... It's kind of amazing to be uh, at the same event as them. I'm such a fan. Yeah, man. Like, how does it feel now to be like considered a legend of wrestling? I mean, that's a this is <laughs> this is this is a very different. You know, from, well, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, go there's ahead. a there's a bit of a reason why. I actually went to the show last year, and um, and <laughs> I went to interview uh, Eric Bischoff for my documentary. Okay. And. Um, and, you know, let, let's just say I wasn't considered a legend back then because <laughs> uh, I was kind of like uh, definitely uh, at the nerds table and not sort of included in the in the party. But um, but Brian and, and Jerry were really nice about, uh, you know, 
after what happened sort of uh, in one of my matches, my death match, they're kind of, you know, in, in true great, like old school wrestling fashion, uh, contacted me, asked me if I was all right. And, and they wanted to bring me in just to like, um, you know, you know, include me. And, and uh, I really appreciated that. Is it, a, is it a little weird to you that, like, nearly dying in a wrestling ring has somehow, like, upped your clout and credibility in the wrestling community? I mean, it, it obviously, it led to this booking, and now, like, I hear from a lot of other people, like, yeah, that David Arquette, he's one tough mother effer right now, you know? It's bizarre. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it is weird. It's a... Uh... But it's a weird business. It's an amazing business. And, and one thing wrestling fans do appreciate is when you, you know, you, you put it all in the ring and you, you give it up. Just had a match with Timothy Thatcher and I, I you know, I, I, I'm a little upset at myself because it you know, wasn't as, as good as I'd want it to be because you really do want it to. You want to give everything and leave it in the ring in every match. So. Right. I'm learning a lot as I'm going through this, uh, and uh, so I, I just hope to get better and better, and, and just keep entertaining the fans. You know, we'll we'll get to you know your your big bout here at LOW, but you brought up the Timothy Thatcher match. Uh, how cool was that to have DDP by your side um, during? Oh, that? it was the best. He's just the coolest man. He's such an inspiration to me, and so many people. And his DDPY is just so helpful, and just keeping your body. Uh, ready to take bumps and, and, uh, recover from, from injury, but also just little pieces of advice. He gives me all the time are just like gold. Give us an example. Like what's a piece of advice that DDP has given you that blew your mind? Uh, ice, you know, ice <laughs> after matches, DDP, okay. DDP, why he doesn't like to say the why word. Sure. So DDP, why every day, just to sort of, you know, be stretched out, limber, prepare for it. But then other things like, um, you know, taking your time, you know, uh, you know, when you, when you feel like you're rushing and uh, if you feel like you're being slow in the ring, slow down, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's everything goes so much faster in your head in the ring. That's been one of the biggest learning curves for me. Yeah. Um, you know, that was an interesting show, Joey Ryan's penis party. Uh, is that your style? Do you, do you like that kind of wrestling or you, uh, or do you look at it and say, well, I'll take the payday. Thanks for the time. But you prefer a more old school mentality. I, um, I personally, um, I like the difference. I like all, all sorts of different things. You know what I mean? I love, uh, you know, I love WWE for its like, huge sort of family-friendly element. I love New Japan for its hard-hitting sort of, you know, pure wrestling. I love uh, Ring of Honor for its mixed mixed sort of take on it. And it's, it's uh, you know, new talents. I'm excited for AEW, see what they're coming out with. So, yeah, I'm uh, an impact. I love what they're doing. I love all the guys on impact and girls. And so... Uh, yeah, I just like uh, I'm a fan. So for me, it's fun when there's different, you know, when there's stuff that's also over the top gimmicks. I mean, you know, some of my favorite old timers sort of had had uh, really big, flashy gimmicks, or you know, uh, you know, the Million Dollar Man, or like uh, you know, going back to Gorgeous George, or uh, 
you know, George the Animal Steel. I love sort of over-the-top uh, gimmicks. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting, you know, you have really not just like, you know, this isn't just, you know, one or two matches here. I mean, you've you've had a, a handful of bouts here now. You're gaining some real traction. You bring up AEW, ROH. I mean, these are places that are picking up, you know, the top, most talented, independent stars out there right now. Have you had any, like, genuine conversations about joining a major roster now that you've, like, you know, got some matches under your, your belt and have gained a little momentum? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think everyone's kind of a little, you know, I'm, I'm the, um, I'm the company killer. So <laughs> yeah, a little afraid, Come afraid on. if they bring me on. No, I know. Uh, it's, it's sort of a tongue in cheek answer. So, you know, I know I didn't, uh, I wasn't fully responsible. I know I did sort of denigrate a belt. So that's sort of, I, I'll live with that. But, uh, you know, I don't um, no, I haven't. No one's really interested like that. But, you know, hopefully if I, I keep getting better, like I'm still learning and I'm still I need to uh, set up a full on, you know, I've done a couple little like uh, driving city to city things, but uh, I need some real like, you know, time on the road and, mm-hmm. you know, work. The only way you learn any of this is by being in the ring, by going through these obstacles by, you know, showing up to a place and not having a hotel room, figuring out how to get in, then standing up for yourself and making sure like somebody, you know, you know, or like, I don't know, setting boundaries and, you know, you know, checking on people. And I don't know, it's such a crazy business, but it's, it's a business I love. I mean, the more I, I learn about it, the more I love it. My problem is I I don't like getting hit, (laughs) but but I also, I really don't like hitting people. It's kind of (laughs) a weird, a weird world because, you know, I want to, I want to go and I want to fight and I want to, you know, put on a show and I want to, you know, make it entertaining and I want to do things that are dangerous and, and, and exciting for the crowd. But, uh, you know, I don't want to uh, uh, mess anybody's, you know, body up, you know, so that they can't, you know, go to their next match. Yeah, for, for sure. You know, and, you know, it's interesting to, to think about you working more and working as often as you are. I mean, it, I don't know what the David Arquette machine is like. Would it even be possible for you to, like, put your movie and television career on hold for a year to dedicate yourself to a pro wrestling company? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a matter of really sort of uh, uh, doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's part of the problem. A lot of uh, companies want to um, book in advance, obviously, so they can, you know, sell tickets, so they can promote it and all this stuff. And in my business, you know, a movie will come up, you know, and they'll see, you know, are you available next week or, or you know, next month or whatever it is, or TV show or whatever. So, it's really going to have to be a, a matter of uh, of taking it, you know, taking it off and, and really just saying I'm unavailable. And, but then when you do stuff like that, you know, if you miss out on a big movie or, or a big TV show, you know, that's the thing that kind of really pays my bills. I, I uh, you know, obviously you can get paid for wrestling. It's more of a grind. You know, I, I have a hard 
time w- with some of it because uh, because of sort of who I am and and sometimes uh, I don't know. I'm coming to terms with the fact that you know uh, even at like horror show signings, uh, you know, I, I always just feel uncomfortable about it for some reason. I just don't. Hmm. I like the connection, and I know that it's a it's a it's a way for us to connect with the audience. But then sometimes I don't, you know, uh, it's it's weird to say, but I don't like taking people's money if uh, I have more than them. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know, like, who's coming up. And so uh, I'm just I'm a little conflicted about it. Although when you really do a match, you know, you you know, you, you should get paid because, uh, because it hurts and it, it, your body aches and, and – uh, and uh, you're definitely paying a toll for it. And I, I get like selling uh, merch and all the stuff. And I get it. And it's sort of, it's all these people's career and, the, and they dedicate their lives to it. And I guess if I were to go in that direction, I'd have to be more business about it. But like a, you know, wrestle uh, con, I just, <laughs> I had a box of t-shirts, but I had all these people waiting and, you know, I was just like, uh, forget it. I just, you know, hand, handed a bunch of t-shirts out. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I know that's also like other wrestlers like at tables next to you or something might get really mad about that because they're trying to sell their merch. And I always kind of look at it as, well, if I'm giving them something, then they'll have more money to then spend on you. But it's not always looked that way. So it's just... It's all little things I'm trying to learn about this business. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, you obviously, you know, you're in a different position than a lot of these guys, but you're still trying to have fun at the same time. I would imagine, listening to you talk, that your agent is, like, bald at this point. I mean, with the way that you're, yeah. like, you know, I don't know if I could take this role. I have to go uh, out and wrestle. I would also imagine you nearly bleeding out and dying uh, caused them a heart attack as well. So... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, pretty much everyone in Hollywood thinks I'm crazy. I mean, a lot of the wrestling people think like, you know, I'm wrestling because I'm, I'm not acting anymore. I'm like a full-time wrestler. But, you know, and I'm and I'm open to it because I really love the the world. I really love the, the you know, the style of entertainment that it is. And, and the more you get to know it, the more it's like uh, you feel find out the tradition and you know through this process I've been studying a lot of the stuff that I may have missed when I you know when I was younger and then I stopped watching for a little and then I came back and then I you know went away for a little and then I came back again so I had an opportunity throughout here and even just like Bob Backlund or somebody who like I, I for some reason didn't fall on my radar but then I see him at a signing and then I'll research him online or read his book. And then, uh, then you just get this newfound sort of love for the, for the performance of it. Yeah. And the, 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 the real, like, man, the, the, the wrestlers that are like true, like, uh, just greats at it. You know, the Shawn Michaels and, and, and those guys, when you just study them and just see like how good they are at what they do, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it really is. Well, you know, here we like we talk about, you know, you're out there doing your thing now. You're going to be at Legends of Wrestling this Saturday and you've got a match with Ken Anderson. Now, you guys have gotten kind of heated. You, yeah, you guys got a little heated on social yeah. media here. Uh, what's what's up? What's the bug up Ken's butt? You know, what can we expect from this bout? <laughs> uh 
uh, I think it's going to be a real sort of uh, schooling on, on, on both sides. I mean, him trying to school me on, uh, you know, uh, you know, real wrestling and tradition and all this stuff. And, and then me schooling him on, yeah, I've been studying that. I know exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah. But still, I'm like, I'm, I'm still figuring out how to do, you know, a small package the right way or, you know, a schoolboy. I'm still, everything with me is just still a little sloppy. And the only reason that is, is because, uh, I mean, I've been training in the ring and, and, and I have an amazing uh, a trainer, professional Peter Avalon at a, a championship wrestling from Hollywood. But, uh, you can only learn so much and then, and then you can only, then you really learn in the ring. And, and I still have, you know, more to do. I mean, even, you know, one year into really training, uh, it's still not a lot, you know, even, you know, with, with, uh, you know, dedicating, a you know, every, every day to it, but, uh, you know, really just, you know, getting, getting it right. And then, and then the other thing is, everyone's different you go into these rings and you're like you know people say like oh it's you know it's choreographed or whatever i mean sometimes it's like choreographed mma sometimes it's like uh you know super hard shots and and sometimes it's uh you know the bumps are super stiff and you know bully ray put me through the table and i didn't walk for three weeks i was like you know what i mean but that's bully Ray. You know what I mean? But you never know who you're getting in the ring with. And, you know, and not that, you know, people are, are, are trying to be, uh, 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 like, I don't, I, I also have a hard time talking about it cause I, I don't want to mess with the, um, you know, the, 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 I don't even like saying kayfabe, but you know what I mean? Uh, sure. whatever. You just, you, you, uh, everyone's got their own personality. Sometimes you like something happens and then in the, in the ring, sometimes you're like, you get lost for a second. And, and it's not only getting lost in, in the moves or what comes next. It's get lost in like your emotions and your anger and, and you know, and, uh, getting like, you know, getting a really hard shot and then like, you know, hit somebody back or you know the all these you know things are going through your head you're trying to remember what next to do it's 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 just such an interesting and, and crazy world so i got this a bit of a love hate thing with it going because you know if i'm waiting for a match and and they they bump us or something oh man it's just like my nerves just go through the roof but I know a lot of people sort of still have that a lot of the time. And I guess it's, it's like acting more, it's more like stage acting in a way, uh, because, you know, I don't know, I just get more nervous in front of a live audience than I do in front of a camera. Yeah. But, uh, they're all staring there. You can feel their energy too. It's a little creepy. You know, you go onto a set with a camera, you go into a set with a camera and it's like, there's a sense of calmness there. You know, anything can happen in front of a live crowd, you know? So, yeah, totally. And th- and then what the, one of my favorite parts of, of wrestling is, you know, you're getting attacked and you get thrown out of the ring and you hit the, you know, the 
the guardrail, and then you look up at a fan, like, this guy's going to kill me. But that little personal connection there, it's like you don't have that in any form of entertainment, and that's what's really exciting. And then also the, the, the you know, the roller coaster that you can, uh, when you can, you know, have a match that's put together the right way and, and constructed and, and uh, orchestrated, then it really like, you know, when you, when you, when you do it right, it just is, it's, it's spectacular how you, how the audience sort of becomes a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and talking about being a part of it, uh, you know, there, like I said, Legends of Wrestling, you'll be there. Uh, Ric Flair will be there. You were a part of, oh, yeah. you were a part of his, well, almost birthday celebration, of course, Batista crashed the party, but you were backstage, <laughs> you, you were backstage and you, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to use a descriptive here to describe the gift you gave him. You gave him the, the creepiest Ric Flair doll that I've ever seen in my, this thing is effing haunted in my opinion. Like, what is the story behind this doll? Where did you get this? Why, why give this to this man? I know when I gave it to him, it's so funny. Rick's such a classy guy, but he was like, "What the?" <laughs> you know what I, mean? I could just see on his face. He was like, "Why the hell would you give me something like this?" But uh, I, I love puppets. I have a, a, um, a nightclub in Los Angeles called Bootsy Bellows, and it's a, a pretty crazy nightclub. And we have uh, puppets that go around that are all different characters and you know, Snoop Dogg or whoever, they're all just, just dancing around. Girls grab them and like dance with them and kiss them and stuff. But, uh, so this lady in Germany makes them. So I had her make it for him. And, uh, and it's funny. He found a place for it. It's, it's to hold his toilet paper. Down. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is terrifying. So think about that. How creepy. Uh, that just up the creep factor. It can literally scare the shit out of you now, and it's okay because you're sitting on the toilet. Uh, that's exactly true. <laughs> what did you think of, uh, you know, what did you think of Batista Triple H? Because Flair got involved in that, and, you know, I'm I'm friends with the GCW guys. I know, obviously, that's where your match with Gage went down, but I felt like they were kind of pulling from the deathmatch scene a little bit when they put that match together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I liked it. I mean, I loved that Batista's back, and, and uh, I love that, uh, you know, even though it has so much success in, in, um, in, 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 in the film industry, that he still uh, understands, you know, where his true fan base is, and, and that he still loves wrestling, and that he wants to go out and do it still. He doesn't have to, but, um, but he really he wanted to and and he wanted to be given what he wants give me what i want <laughs> i loved all the, i loved all that but uh you, you, you know he should have done that to rick i mean why would he do that to rick there was no reason for him to do that to rick yeah so i understand why uh you know triple h it was just weird to me it's this was this strange situation where Triple H almost felt like, uh, uh, you know, the, the heel to me. And, and you know, he felt, seemed like the baby face. Although he did that to Rick, you know, I got that. But I don't know. There's, there was something there was something strange about it for mm. some reason. Okay. I would have liked to see it better. I, I think it would have played better if, if Batista was the baby face in the situation. He came in and, and Triple H was the heel. Well. And then Rick was 
sort of on that side. I don't know. They That's tried to they, they tried to bring Batista back as a good guy last time, and he got booed. And they're like, ah, shame on you. We're oh, really? Gonna... Oh, yeah. Remember oh, okay, the the okay. blue the Blutista thing when he eliminated? I mean, it's a different scenario now. I think oh, you're right. Okay. But yeah, they tried that before. Um, you were sitting. Oh, yeah. You so, were, there you go. You were sitting ringside. I think I saw you and RJ going back and forth on Mania with a sign. Um, are you? <laughs> are you? Are you advocating for a spot in the Royal Rumble? Is that like a goal for you? Is like next year, like come January, should should we hope to see you as one of the thirty men? <laughs> Listen, part of this whole thing is just sort of being accepted in general. You know what I mean? I mean, I I, I spent years of just being like, you know, the kid that's not like, you know, obviously I'm not a real wrestler, but uh, you know, just the the guy that's sort of like, you know not really even not not that I wasn't allowed in the locker room but I kind of wasn't accepted in the locker room it wasn't until my first uh match with RJ City where I really felt that although one time uh when Rick uh was uh was uh on the one of the WCW shows right after I had won the belt we were talking we were all having drinks and and uh he was really gracious enough to throw his arm around me and, and say, Hey fellas, he's one of us. And I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, it was such a, a cool moment, but I never really felt that until I came back and started training and then had my match with RJ city. And then, uh, and then I really felt that. So, yeah, so it's all about acceptance. So it's not really like I, I need to be in a kind of rumble and I don't want to take anybody's spot in any way, but the Royal rumble is a good way to do it. Cause it's kind of just, for the crowd and, and, and part of the show. But, uh, yeah, you know, you always want to be accepted to, to, uh, you know, these different groups or whatever it is. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, and lastly here, you know, I wanted to ask you about, since you were sitting ringside at, at mania, you know, I, I thought that that Kofi Kingston win with his whole family and, and everything was, you know, a highlight of the show for me. I think it maybe even could have closed the show. Uh, what was it like being that yeah. close to it and, and watching that moment play out? Like, what did that mean to you to see Kofi get that moment? It was amazing. I mean, you know, talk about, um, you know, like we're on polar opposites of, of the world, like somebody who totally didn't deserve it and then somebody who completely earned it. So I saw it as just like a, a really incredibly special thing. And, and moments like that, well, I've learned a lot since, since I, uh, I won the championship. So, you know, I learned of why people were so mad at me and this and that, but seeing that, like, that's literally like what it's about. Like somebody who's really dedicated their life, really loves wrestling. Who's, you know, you know, blood, sweat and tears, 11 years in at WWE. So I was just thrilled. And I'd always loved the new day gimmick and, and, and those guys, I just love the, the, the energy they have in the field is just, uh, and it's cool. I think, you know, I think WWE still needs a little more diversity, you know, a lot more diversity to be honest. So, uh, I love to see all that stuff and, and, uh, you know, more power to them. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. I didn't, you know, I just asked you a question. You, 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 I did not expect for you to make it so clear how opposite you two are, you know, in, in regards to how you won your titles. But uh, you're right. That is a, <laughs> it's a nice tip of the hat there from you to, to Kofi there. He absolutely did deserve it. Uh, oh, man, he's the coolest. Uh, David, I want to thank you so much for taking the time with me here today. Again, Legends of Wrestling hey, thanks, this Saturday, April 20th. You're taking on Ken Anderson. Take us home, David. Is there a message? Is there something you'd like to say to Ken 
to wrap us up here today? Yeah. When I'm done with him, they might be calling him Mrs. Anderson. Woo! <laughs> At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a current ROH six-man tag team champion alongside Brody King and Marty Skrull, better known as Villain Enterprises. He's also going ma- to match with Matt Taven for the ROH World Championship at ROH's War of the Worlds, May 9th, in Toronto. It is PCO. PCO, welcome back to the Winkley. Yes, Nick, how are you? I'm, I'm do- how are you doing? I was just watching video of Destro driving a car over your chest. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the training, you know. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, every Monday night... Uh, we always have like a special training, and during the week it's more or less uh, regular training. But with this show, uh, it's very unpredictable. It's very uh, unnatural. Very uh, all kinds of things that you've never seen before, so to speak. So um, I never know what to expect. I'm just going through the motion and do the best that I can. How how does that feel? I mean, because for, for those that haven't seen it, Destro literally, and this is, you can go find this on PCO's social account. You know, it's a piece of wood he puts over your chest, and then he just straight up drives the back wheel of a hearse on top of you. Uh, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> i got to tell you that. That's, uh, that's one thing that I was uh, kind of scared to do uh, because, you know, uh, some people died, you know, trying this, uh, I've had like people tweeting me that, you know, uh, it wasn't safe to do something like that, but eh, when you're not human, you can't afford to do things that humans can't afford to do. It's, uh, it's my mentality. It's my way to think. And, uh, it's, uh, m- people might not be always, uh, uh, going accordingly with what I decide to do with my life, but this is part of my success. It's a, it's crazy stuff to watch what you do there. And I was so honored. Um, I had a chance to spend some time with you in Destro at Matt Taven's Arm Wrestle Kingdom, and I gave one of our wrestling ink shirts to Destro, and I guess he's going to hang it in your gym. That's that's big for us. I'm happy you guys are going to put that in there. Oh, yeah, of course. No, And, and Destro was very... Uh, very happy to meet with you and uh, to meet with all the uh, the organization of Wall. Uh, that's something that he wanted to uh, to do eventually to have like super matches with with guys from from Wall and and and, and he, he told me that Wall was like uh, probably the biggest federation as uh, uh, you know for doing super matches and, and arm wrestling. So mm-hmm. uh, it's something I was really really proud of and, and really happy to meet people uh, from from uh, that sphere of the sports. Yeah, you know, because for those that he keeps saying Wall, Wall is W A L, the World Arm Wrestling League, and you know, yeah. yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to get to, to co-host that with Matt, and you made you won, you won the whole thing in the end. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that Destro is like very deep into the arm wrestling community. I, I he took off his jacket backstage for us, and Destro is like jacked. That guy has big muscles. Yeah, he's he's ripped to the bone. Uh, this guy, you know, that's why I always say he's a special entity. And we don't know what really Destro is, but he, he, he's from another world, you know. I mean. He was for a, a point, you know, he was like 300 pounds. Now he's 135 pounds. Uh, if if you would go or with birth certificate, you know, he would be 60 years old, which I don't believe that. 
and he won uh, in the Canadian Championship arm wrestling. Uh, he finished second and in the open class. So, I mean, it's unbelievable. You yeah. know, it's uh, and he's class is classified with the Canadian organization for the world. That's gonna what it was supposed to be in Pologne. And now that's going to be in Romania, I believe. Yeah. So because I was talking with your your champion Todd. Yeah. And uh, and that's what he was telling me, and then and then Destro confirmed everything to me. So yeah, yeah basically, he's he's uh, with uh, some sort of species or something <laughs> like that. I yeah. mean, a special entity. Yeah, it's cr- it's wild, you know. And I, you, sorry if we went off a little rant there about arm wrestling and Destro, but it was just it was kismet, you know. It's like a special energy in the air sometimes when you get the right people together, and uh, it was very cool seeing Destro in his element. But w- and, it, and it helped me it helped me out to win the uh, the tournament there because you know uh, he's been giving me like a lot of tips and tricks, and uh, you know, like I said, uh, because at the end it was me and Jeff Club and. But I said, it's all about angles. It's all about, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, uh, a little difference, uh, moving on the pads and things like that. Uh, for someone who doesn't know nothing about arm wrestling, they think it's purely strength, which strength's got a lot to do with it, but it's not all about strength. It's like any other sports. It's a lot of technique. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, 100%. So, this, this, yeah. 100%. So that covers it all. Like, I think so. Like, you know, there's... A, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a, another uh, another world. It's just like wrestling is another world, you know. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like a niche within a niche. And I guess Jeff Cobb, I heard uh, to wrap this up with the arm wrestling stuff. We'll get to pro wrestling, I promise. But I think I heard Jeff Cobb like genuinely got the itch and like kind of wants to explore the world of arm wrestling. Do you think that's a good idea? I know it's very dangerous. Arm wrestling is. Well, he said uh, he said that he was really, really like. Uh, had a lot of pressure put on his forearms, like he was racked, you know, like yeah. he he uh, he was pumped from the forearm, like he couldn't believe how how tense he was, like uh, he's in the next day just for pulling, you know. So yeah, yeah he could he could have been like really, uh, you know, could have got a good taste of it, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great to former uh, Olympian bronze medalist in wrestling, so. Uh, I'm sure if he puts his, his mind into something like he, he can reach a top, he's proven it with pro wrestling. He's still undefeated in the Ring of Honor and the Ring of Honor ring since debuting and uh, beating Will Osprey at uh, a supercard at the G1 supercard. So yeah. he's been phenomenal. He is. He's great. You know what? Great. What a great. Thank you very much for getting us back on track. Let's talk about the G1 supercard. I was there. I was in MSG. I was taking in that energy, and I had never been there before. I mean, for you, you've made a event at MSG before with Bret Hart. I mean, how did this experience with ROH at MSG differ from your previous experiences wrestling at MSG? Everything was so different because, uh, first of all, uh, main evented with Bret Hart, but it was not like – I think what was the equal – uh, to the uh, G1 Supercard might have been the WrestleMania 10 for me, but it was not as much hype put on the match as it was for our match because history was made uh, because it was for a double championship. Like uh, the titles were like both titles were at stakes there. The New Japan, the IWGP, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling tag titles and the ROH uh, World Tag Titles. Both, uh, you know, titles were uh, on the lines. So 
this this made the this night very historical. So uh, it was never done before, I believe. So uh, and um, it was like a, a match where a lot of anticipation were expected, and um, we delivered. And uh, there was a lot of hype around that match after, before and after. And uh, I think once again, I've proven that I was not human. And then now I think people start to, to believe it, that, you know, I can do things that uh, none other humans uh, can do, uh, which makes me um, not, not human in a way, uh, because I, I do things uh, that other people won't try or uh, won't dare try or cannot do so it's but I, I it's just that I was blessed with uh with being so courageous about this or being uh unconscious I don't know <laughs> how to say it but you've lost your mind <laughs> you're I, not human in, in no yeah. way in no way shape or form I want to brag about it I'm not, I'm not bragging about this it's just uh I'm just I'm blessed with it you know and yeah. thanks God you know that's it. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> well, I'll brag a little bit for you. I'll tee up a couple things here I thought that were really notable from, from your appearance there. First of all, uh, you got, I think, of, of anybody on the entire show, I think you probably got one of the bigger reactions of anyone. I mean, the PCO chants were just resonating so loud, and especially when people saw you out there on the, the Frankenstein electric chair, Destro, lighting you up. I mean, take me into that moment there. What did it feel like to have all that energy around you in MSG? Yeah, I mean, so the, the fact that uh, we were there for uh, a little bit of time, it was quite a long entrance, and many chants had a chance to go through the uh, Madison Square Garden, which is the world's most famous arena, uh, uh, you know, where Elvis Presley has performed, Johnny Cash, Madonna, Lady Gaga, uh and you can't name it all. Like you know, this is this is the place. This is the mecca of of entertainment and sports entertainment and everything. So uh, uh, just having the crowd going from you know big pop, like you said, and also uh, for a point, it was like uh, a big chant that uh, PCO is not human. <laughs> He's not human. Yeah, the he's not human. Chant that was there for a long period of time. You know, like yeah, uh, uh, that that was like that. that I, I was tired because it was such a long weekend for me. I, I had been busy. It's Friday, you know, I did the arm wrestling tournament. I did the the strength demonstration with Destro. I did the Q and A in the morning. I did the uh, autograph sessions in the afternoon and and Saturday. You know. Uh, had to be there at 7 a.m. in the morning just to, you know, get everything ready, the electric chair and all this, and uh, going through different meetings and different aspects of the business, and then performing, like, late at, like, 11 or 10.30 at 9 or 9.30 or something like that. Yeah. I was, like, drained out, but with all the energy from the crowd, all the, electri the electricity floating all over MSG, uh I got so pumped and so cranked and, and, and I was so like into it, uh, hearing the chants and all that. So the adrenaline was pumping big, 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 big time. So, uh, it was like a special moment in my life, something I will remember for 
the rest of my life. I mean, this is my most uh, spectacular uh, entrance ever so far. And I think it might be more coming uh, spectacular entrances and, uh, and and great entrances like that. There's there's uh, a lot of talk right. about the future. But, I mean, so far, this, this is like the greatest moment of my life. I mean, one of the, the greatest moments of my life was my daughter when she was born, but that, that was just probably it. Wow. You know, and I, I say the entrance was great. Everybody was going crazy. But outside of some of the ladder match stuff, for my money, and maybe including some of the ladder match stuff, you took the most insane uh, bump to the outside. You took a double power bomb to the outside from yeah. the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, walk me through. How does that come about? Are you are you talking to them saying, you know, let's get a little crazy, or are they coming to you saying we, we'd like to kill you tonight and throw you outside of the ring like this? Well, it's, I think just knowing who I am, uh, I think they know what I've been doing, what I'm capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it just happened. You know, they just picked me up and threw me. Damn. And uh, Damn. Uh, it's one of those things where you not some things that you gonna you gotta talk about it before or because you know uh I feel like uh the officials or companies would say no we don't have any liability for things like that and, and you know stuff like that so i I just think that those moments I, they, they just happen when they happen and then it just happened that I'm the guy that's been building himself for not being human and uh uh, and believing that I'm not human myself and, and my family saying that I'm not human because I'm doing stuff that they don't understand how I can do that stuff. And, uh, and, and that invests also a lot of the fans are investing, are invested emotionally in, uh, in TCO and, and I get it. And, uh, and I'm very, uh, grateful for that. Yeah, but uh, on the same token, uh, I feel like uh, uh, for all the success that I'm going through right now, um, there's always a price to pay in order to get to be successful, in order to get success. And I feel like I, 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 I don't feel like it's all about luck or it's all about, um, you know, uh, being at the right place at the right time. I think you have... I've worked uh, a lot uh, for what I get. So, yeah, it could be, you know, also uh, a matter of, like, having a good destiny. But, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm trying to stay humble with everything. But uh, I I know that I I put a lot of work and a lot of pride in in what I do. Man, I'm thinking about you getting double powerbombed outside. I'm thinking of Destro driving that hearse over your chest right now. I mean, it's some... That's some crazy stuff you're dealing with here right now, buddy. I, uh, I'm, I'm certainly impressed. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously you've gotten more familiar with the ROH locker room. You're getting a chance here to mix it up with some of the New Japan locker room. Uh, how was it working with the Gorillas and Destiny and uh, LIJ, Evil and Sonata? I, yeah, it was cool. It's all right. But I, I feel there's a little, like, I, I feel everybody's, like, uh, friendly, kind of friendly with everybody. But there's a little still... You know, it was a uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling dressing room and a ROH dressing room. It wasn't a mixed uh, talent dressing room. So, um, I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm saying, okay, there's a 
there's a little, you know, line there quite a bit, you know, not, not that much. They're, everybody's like cool and everybody's talking to everybody. But, uh, uh, for, I've been to Japan before for, uh, for another company for all Japan pro wrestling. And there's a type of hierarchy, if I can call it like that, where there's uh, a special person or special people that, you know, uh, cannot, uh, I don't know. Uh, when I was there, you know, it's been a few years, but I was younger and everything. So maybe my perceptions might have been different, but I, I felt like some, some of the big superstars there were hard to uh, to get in touch with. But at MSG, for a supercard, the G1 supercard, I felt like all the superstars, the Japanese superstars, were, were uh, in a great mix with the ROH superstars, which was cool. But just like I said, uh, just in rooms were separated. So it might be a little uh, competitions uh, still between talents from, from companies okay. to companies. You're saying that there's... is uh, installed there sub- subconsciously, maybe. I got you. So you're saying maybe a little friendly rivalry there between the ROH and New Japan. Yeah, room. very friendly, but it's still a little rivalry, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. that's my perception of the thing. Well, I got to... I gotta... That's, only my, that's, that's only my perception. That doesn't mean it's the truth. It's just the way... Uh, I look at it. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I, I got to ask you, you know, this match was not without controversy, you know, uh, before we get to the world title st- opportunity you have here in this moment, I got to ask you about what happened, you know, like immediately following the match, you had Enzo and Cass out there making a bunch of noise. Uh, what was your impression of, of what happened there and how it kind of, I felt, you know, shifted focus very quickly away from G.O.D. winning the, the dual tag titles? Yeah. There's a lot of controversy around that. Uh, that what happened. Uh, me, I like I like like you said. You know, I was uh, I was just like uh, worrying about my back. I was uh, I just took a double power bomb from like uh, ten feet, ten twelve feet, just fourteen feet in the air, straight to the concrete floor. I sat up on adrenaline and everything, and then I uh, I kind of realized, you know, uh, I was like. Uh, a little bit in pain, you know, not too much, but I was worrying about myself more than anything else, mm-hmm. and everything was fine with me. And then uh, I saw hell broke loose, and I didn't know, like, I was kind of my looking with, with, with the eye that I got left. I was kind of looking, uh, okay, is it like a, a fight going on here? Like, because I'm going to jump into it and I'm going to, you know, slug someone, or I didn't know what was going on because nobody knew nothing about this. And uh, I just came back from uh, TV taping in Pittsburgh, uh, I believe, Saturday. And Sunday was the uh, Master of the Craft pay-per-view in Columbus, Ohio. And I got back yesterday and... Uh, there was no Enzo, no cast at the uh, those events. They weren't there. Uh, I haven't seen them anywhere. And it's kind of... Uh, I haven't heard anything from the office. So I don't know what's going on with that. Are they, are they signed or are, are they not signed? Uh, were they signed? Were they coming? Were, or they were supposed to come? They're not going to come in. Uh, it's all question marks uh, for me as it is for you. So I guess uh, it's a um, 
corporate decision. Mm-hmm. I have no power over it. Uh, I can't say that I'm not in favor for it or I am in favor for it. I really, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know nothing about it. And I'm going to let the executives at ROH uh, deal with what what happened at MSG. So uh, I have no clue of what happened, why it had happened, if it was really planned. But I can assure you uh, that myself and Brody King and a bunch of other guys that were involved in that match were, weren't aware that something was going to happen uh, after the match. And and like you said, maybe it, it took away from this, the F3 there, uh, but there's nothing that I could do about it. Like, and, and, and I, well, how was, I don't want to get involved politically about No, I got to ask you. I mean, I just, I, I've heard so many things. Like, from your perspective, you know, you say these guys didn't, no, you know, you didn't know what was going on. Like, what's the backstage reaction after this, you know, after this all played out? Well, I know G.O.D. Uh, G.O.D. weren't happy about it. Like, that's for sure. Uh, they, they, they really, it, it seems to be, it seems like they weren't, uh, they weren't pleased with the fact that someone could jump over the fence like that and take a, uh, take their moment away, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you know, almost like uh, 30 minutes after my match, I left. So was it was it an act on their part? Was it real? Uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen things happen in dressing rooms and I've seen, <laughs> and I'm going to go back with an old story when, uh, when uh, Chris Benoit was uh, <laughs> was traveling with Roman, uh, which was uh, well, Kevin Sullivan's girlfriend at that moment, uh, they were traveling to the, together, and eventually they were they were together as a couple. So it was hard to to know uh, was it a call from the office to have them to fall in love, and did they fall in love for real after falling in love? Uh, not for real. So it, it seems like sometimes the, the the dressing room is getting worked by the office in order for them to uh, have the journalists to, uh, you know, to, to, to believe in the storylines. So it's, it's, it's hard for me yeah, to no. tell you. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from, yeah. where you yeah. heard so many stories because... Yeah. I'm in the middle of it, and I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, again, I'm in the press area while this is all going on, and we're trying to cover the title change, and now we're trying to figure out what's going on with that. And, you know, like you said, sometimes the office, you know, works the, the dressing room or, or the press, and uh, this definitely felt like a, a blur, blurred line scenario to me. Uh, we'll hop off that so, here real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you got something else to say, go, for it. go ahead. Yeah, no, no. So I, I think, you know, everything will unfold, though. Or will not unfold, and well, I think we'll, we'll see what's going on in the future. But uh, well, maybe it was planned, maybe it wasn't planned. Uh, well, we'll see how uh, how everything.
everything will uh, evolve. Yes, I guess we will. Well, on that note, uh, you are having an evolutionary moment here in Ring of Honor. Uh, walk everybody through what happened here at Masters of the Craft and how you wound up picking up a pinfall over ROH World Champion Matt Taven. Oh, I mean, uh, it's... Uh, uh, it's hard, like, uh, so many things are happening uh, so fast. Uh since MSG, I'm having like even before that, I'm having like uh, uh, I can feel a lot of a lot. I can feel a lot of electricity, a lot of energy coming from the crowd, you know, and uh, uh, people walking up to me for for autographs and, and having their pictures signed or taking pictures with them. And I've been, you know, really really busy lately, and uh, also uh, uh, the uh, the amount of cheers that I'm getting from the crowd uh, all over the, the, the United States, you know, all, all over the world, like whether it's uh, UK or Germany. Uh, but but after MSG, it's, it's even like uh, in, in, increasing uh, a lot more. And it was already a lot. And now it's like so much more. It's uh, it's crazy. It's totally like insane right now. The crowd are really into it, and uh, I don't know. It's just uh, we had like uh, TV taping uh, uh, Saturday Saturday night in Pittsburgh, and uh, we were against Jeff Cobb, Rouge, and uh, Jeff Cobb, Rouge, and uh jay lethal the mm-hmm. former ring of honor world champion yeah. and we we had like uh it was a great match it's going to be shown uh on tv soon and uh for, and the crowd was like really into like the pco pco that was it it was like such a moment with uh i got to uh, wrestled Jay Lethal for the first time of my career, and it was the first time of his career. Obviously, if it's my first time riffing with him, it's, it's the other way around. But it was a special moment because uh, we kind of miss, like, if I was getting somewhere, he was getting out somewhere, getting to another place. So, and I, I, I have so much uh, respect for everything that he's done in the wrestling business. I respect him so much, and he's such a such a pro, such a professional, and even if it was like uh, going against me, um, I had a lot of respect going into that match, yeah. and uh, everything came out so good during the six-man six tag, and the next day, it was the, the championship uh, defense, the six-man tag defense for the, the titles, Enterprises against Kingdom, which Matt Davis is the world champion, and uh, I had the uh, the opportunity to get the win over Matt Taven and I don't know out of nowhere I decided to grab the, this belt and just to raise it in the air, and people like was cheering so loud. It was like goosebumps all over my body, all over me, and it felt like the roof come up. I mean, it was a, it was like in Columbus, Ohio, and sometimes uh, TV doesn't justify 
the noise that was like there sometimes doesn't come out as as big on TV or on a cell, something like that. But from being in the middle of that ring uh, and having other people telling me how big the pop was, and I think it was an instant because uh, when I I didn't know nothing about the championship match uh, that was going to be in Toronto in May. Yeah. Until I watched my Facebook the next day and I heard uh, Ian, uh, the guy that does our commentary, uh, saying Ian, that. Yeah, Ian Riccoboni. Yeah, saying, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, I just said Ian Riccoboni. That's who you're talking about. I just want to make sure yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, saying that in the uh, wee hours in the morning, they uh, decided uh, to go ahead and and shoot the promo uh, saying that I was going to have a, a shot at the world title the Ring of Honor world title the heavyweight championship title and then uh, I was surprised to, to hear that the next morning when I well I flew home and then I got home like uh, in the afternoon and I watched my phone and and then that was on and then was like overwhelming because uh, it came out of nowhere. It, it seems like it wasn't something they had. It seems like they had, hadn't planned to give me that championship match, but it just came out. Uh, it just happened, Man. and they decide that early in the morning. Man. So that's why. So it's uh, it's uh, something that I. Really want to capitalize on, and I want to become the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. That's that's wild. I'm happy for you. I got to ask the question though. You know, you picked up the pinfall for Team Villain Enterprises, not Marty Skrull. I mean, how does Marty feel about you stepping up now and being the one in the ROH World Title picture as he just, you know, lost his Triple Threat Ladder match at G1 Supercard? Well, Marty's got the NWA World Title match coming up in. What two weeks from now? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so I'd be that'd be pretty cool if Marty picks up the NWA World Championship, which I think he, it's the most prestigious. I mean, would well, I mean Ring of Honor for me is very prestigious because they're a company that been like active for the last seventeen years, very active. But the NWA title is very prestigious because guys like Ric Flair, um, Buddy Ryan, Magnum TA, uh, you know, Dusty Rhodes, and, you know, like, real living legend. Uh, it's not like a toy belt, you know. It's the belt that all the great champions has worn around their waist and having the chance to have that belt around your waist it's like it's like winning a stanley cup it's their cup it's the cup it's the you know uh, it's all the other teams that they the name of the players are written on it there there's the the, the dates and the the history is part of the belt like the history is part of the cup and and to me that's that's what makes it great and and for for Ring of Honor too, I mean, it's just it's the same belt that since they won, you know, uh, it's not like, uh, it's not just like a toy that, you know, that everybody can have and it looks the same that it is on TV. 
Uh, for me, it's important to have the history uh, attached to the title. So I think for, for Marty, this is very prestigious. And, and hopefully NWA and ROH uh, will really like uh, converge and, and become one. That's what I'm hoping. I mean, that's me. Uh, that's not, it's okay, but I think uh, this title deserves to be, uh, to be defended and to be part of, of storylines and to be defended like uh, a little bit more often than, than what it is right now. But uh, I know they're really working hard on it. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of things coming up with, with this title, but I think this is, this is a uh, very prestigious title. Yeah. Uh, so it would be like two very prestigious titles that we can bring back in, in the Lynn Enterprises. Wow. Uh, PCO, uh, thank you so much for the time. Uh, it's such, I mean, every time I talk to you, I say it's such an exciting time for your career. And then you find new ways to make your career even more exciting. Here you are in the world title picture of Ring of Honor. It's awesome. Uh, is there anything you want to leave everyone with here today to, to wrap up the interview? Well, I just like I always do, uh, I want to share my journey with as many people as I can. So I invite everyone to uh, follow me and follow everything I do and uh, to interact with me on my uh, Twitter account at PCO is not human. And um, so we can interact and you can uh, find out the latest scoops and the latest merch and the latest everything that's <clears throat> coming up about PCO and get to know more a little bit uh, Destro. And uh, from there, you have access to all my other social media platforms and uh, to uh, my uh, email address for whatever reason. So uh, that's that's about it. You know, Nick, thank you very much. Uh, like you said, it was cool to uh, have the chance to hang out together at uh, MSG. And uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to have me on your show again. Thank you very much, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show. Thank you, David Arquette. Thank you, PCO, for the time. I loved both of those interviews for separate reasons. I hope you guys enjoyed them as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I've got more Legends of Wrestling interviews. Tomorrow I'm going to have on the show David Arquette's opponent for this Saturday's Legends of Wrestling in Detroit, Ken Anderson. Mr. Anderson will be here on the show. We also have our good buddy Scott Fishman. He'll be back with his interview for this week. Uh, he sat down and chatted with Gail Kim. So very excited to bring to you uh, Ken and Gail tomorrow on the Thursday Winkly. If you're enjoying uh, the shows here on our iTunes feed or on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, uh, we do a video version of the Winkly every Friday. It is released exclusively via the Ringside Wrestling app. you got to go download it. It's free to download. Ringside Wrestling app. It's your place to meet other pro wrestling fans, create hangouts, chat about the world of pro wrestling. You can chat during the shows and all that. Every Friday, uh, I sit down with Raj Geary, the owner, proprietor of Wrestling Inc., and we talk the top five stories of the week. So I hope you join us for that. Again, you got to download the Ringside Wrestling app. And Justin, I know, I know you've actually checked this out. You, you approve of the work we're doing over at Ringside Wrestling, yes? Yeah, yeah. I downloaded it last week, and, uh, and I, I enjoyed it, and I, I watched uh, you and Raj Friday, and, and I, I enjoyed it very much. So, so again, if you're, if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you enjoy wrestling talk and debate. This is, a, this is a really good video version. It's well, it's well produced. It visually is, 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 uh, is, is pleasing to look at, uh, yeah. despite having Nick's face on it. Come on. Um, and so, and, and yeah, and it's nice. It's giving, you know, they give you 
the five stories based upon what were the most popular on the site. So it's good, good, good little gimmick there. So yeah, I, I totally improve and endorse and, and, yeah. and suggest people uh, download it. It's inter- It's cool because like, you know, I don't, anybody who knows me knows I don't like to do things that are easy or look generic. And I was very excited to meet up with the ringside wrestling app people because we have a real producer and uh, Justin says it's visually pleasing. I agree. It's because they add all these graphics that like stories are written out column style, almost like you see on uh, TMZ live. If you've ever watched that show, uh, or if you used to watch Chair Shot Reality, you guys would do a bit of that as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy with it. I'm glad you're happy with it, Justin, because I'm happy with it. I am. I am happy with it. But I do want to ask everybody that is listening to our, this podcast if they enjoy the Winkley and enjoy all the stuff going on the Wrestling Inc. channel. Like, yeah, I mean, like, go on iTunes, like, leave, like, a comment. Like, give us a – is there – if there's one part of the Winkley that you like the best, if it's the interviews, if it's the news, if it's the stupid banter, whatever. Like, you know, I please, like, leave leave, leave comments, leave feedback. That always helps uh, – Always helps. It does always help, definitely. And uh, I'm going to try to get to the mailbag tomorrow. Actually, I will get to the mailbag tomorrow. So if you want to leave a note on Liar. Twitter, no, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Justin, I'm committed. I've run out. I've run three uh, contests, or I'm running three contests. About to start a fourth contest over on Rustinic's Twitter account. I'm getting good with my schedule, everybody, and I'm trying to give back more to the listeners. So uh, please. Use the hashtag Winkly. Tomorrow we'll jump in the mailbag and we'll talk about, I'll talk with Justin about whatever you want us to talk about. Wrestling, not wrestling stuff. I'll just pick some of my favorite tweets and we'll discuss those topics. Uh, and also, of course, if you want to support the show, of course, all the iTunes stuff is great. You can go over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wrestling Inc. For 20 bucks, get the new Jack Journalist t-shirt. It's my favorite shirt. It's got our mascot on it, Jack the Jack Journalist. And uh, rock that around town. Look very cool. Send us a tweet. Tag, use hashtag Winkly when you wear the shirt. Let us see that. Justin, anything you want to uh, plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Uh, at Justin Lavar on social media. It's where you can find me and everything else I'm doing. Wonderful. And I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>